Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here today recording Lost in the Woods. Big surprise, like you thought you were listening to something else. Well, you never know. I mean, I don't know. People are forgetful. (laughs) I assume someone just tapped on it and then it just comes up. I don't know. Sometimes I open my Spotify and like a random thing will start playing and I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) It's like when I used to work at Starbucks and I'd say, hi, welcome to Starbucks. What can I get started for you? And my coworkers like, they know they're at Starbucks. You don't need to say that. You're welcoming them to Starbucks though. It's not like you're saying, hey, you're at Starbucks. (laughs) What order can I take for you? Same concept. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, so by now everybody knows our Harry Potter houses. Thank you, everybody, for participating in our contest. Yeah, we appreciate it. It was super fun. Sorry I'm not a Hufflepuff. Sorry, Sorry I don't know anything about Harry Potter, and Maddie's had to help me along the way, but it's fine. (laughs) Mom's like, why is everyone guessing you're a Hufflepuff? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, you know the shit about Harry Potter. You explain it to me. And I'm like, why is nobody guessing I'm a Hufflepuff? What's going on here? Uh, and then um, when everybody started calling me evil when they found out I was a Slytherin, I'm like, are Slytherins evil? What's going on here? <laughs> and to be fair, one of our listeners did say that Slytherins in the book are not as evil as they are portrayed in the movies. No, I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Slytherins definitely get more of a bad rep, but it's just because all the evil people do mainly come from Slytherin. Anyway, done with Harry Potter. So today we are here bringing you the story of the chessboard killer. Chessboard killer. I don't like the sound of that. Nope. There's a lot of things you're not going to like in this one. And this case was recommended by Nicole Hagen, who I think she actually recommended another case that we did, but I can't remember which one, too. She recommended them, like, at the same time. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't look at any of your guys' comments or recommendations that you send. My mom looks at all of those. Yeah, if you guys are sending us messages, it's Marie responding. It's like not you Maddie. would think you <laughs> would think it'd be the teenager responding to people and doing the social no. No, no it's not. You should if you just go and look at my mom's Instagram versus my pers- like our personal Instagrams, hers looks so much better than mine. <laughs> And I also don't think I've posted anything since, like, 2019. Like, Maddie will literally post stuff, like, a year after we do it. And I'm like, Madison, we did that, like, a year ago. And she's like, I know, I forgot to post it. I was just getting around to it. Okay. Uh, So, a disclaimer on this episode. There are many, many Russian names that we will probably pronounce very badly. We tried our best. Please be kind. So, this is the crazy story of the chessboard killer. Who is reported to have killed 61 people in Moscow between 1992 and 2006? Damn. That's a lot of people. So the chessboard killer is Alexander Pichushkin. Pichushkin? Pichushkin. Say it with a Russian accent. I can't. And he was arrested in Moscow and he would be convicted of killing 48 people in 2007. So he's accredited with about 61, but he's only convicted of 48 of the 61. So after his arrest, police discovered a chessboard that had a date on every square except for two. It was actually three squares that had nothing on them. By the way, there are 64 squares on a chessboard. But they were unable to connect him to all 61 murders, like we said before. Right. I really just do find this very, very strange that this man just has a chessboard hanging out that has 
a square basically numbered off for every person that he has killed. Although one of his survivors he did not know had survived, so he did have that person marked down. But I think two of his other survivors he was aware that they survived. How'd they survive? He's not a very good murderer. He, we know for sure that he killed 48 people. How is he not a good murderer? Three of them survived. That's not terrible odds if you've killed 60 people. True. No, you're right. Okay, thank you. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, we are going to refer to him as Alexander from here moving forward so that we do not have to continue attempting to pronounce Pichushkin and have multiple people yell at us. Attempting to mispronounce his last name. Yeah. Alexander was born on April 9th, 1974 in Matishi, Moscow. Okay, so he grew up poor and his father left before his first birthday. He lived with his mother, Natasha, stepfather, and half-siblings in a single-family home. Yeah, and his mother actually called him Sasha, which is another name for Alexander. Okay. I had a friend growing up whose name was Alexandra, and everybody called her Sasha. Why? I don't know. It's one of those things, like, William is Bill. Yeah, it's just one of it those doesn't, things. I don't I get it. Why? I, know. I don't know. What's Robert? What's Robert's nick? Rob. Bob? Bob. That one makes a little bit more sense. But why isn't it Rob? Why Bob? Yeah, I don't know. The flat was cramped, and Alexander's bedroom was the living room couch. Mm-hmm. He was described as a quiet boy who was brave and honest. Fun fact, he collected commemorative pins, as they were common for young children to do. Mm-hmm. I collect pins. Yeah. A backpack full of pins. Now, he was reported to have had a head injury around the age of four when he fell backward off of a swing really hard. And then as he was sitting up, the swing swung back and hit him in the forehead. And people suggested that his personality actually changed after this event. He was four. I know. What is this? Is it like a, a brick or like... Have you ever been hit with a swing coming back? Yes, I have been hit with it's a swing. It's very painful. And it didn't do permanent brain damage to me. Well. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> okay. so, Jesus, my own mother is coming for me. So after this, he was quick to temper and would scream at his classmates. So rather this had anything to do with the injury, we don't know. But he did socially struggle a lot in school. Okay. His mother made the decision to pull him out of school and enroll him in a school for children with mental disabilities. And this seemed to make things worse. Yeah, well, if you put a kid who's not mentally disabled in a school for kids who are mentally disabled. Right, well, it sounds like he more had behavioral issues at this point, but... Yeah. He actually ended up moving in with his grandfather, who taught him how to play chess. And he was actually quite good. He would go to Vistia Park in Moscow and play against other players, most of them older than him. Now, it was playing chess where he kind of found his place and he felt respected because he was good at it. Yeah. I mean, shit, if you're a little kid and you're beating, like, old men at chess, like, you're going to feel... Well, especially if you've been, like, struggling to fit in your mm-hmm. whole life. Now, when his grandfather died, he moved back into a cramped apartment with his mom and half-sister. And he began to drink heavily and was known to consume large amounts of vodka at one time. He was also known to view a lot of pornography. 
and he was said to enjoy scaring children at the nearby park. Oh. But basically, this is when his life started to fall apart again. Another concerning thing is that he started to take a very interesting approach on an active serial killer and almost seemed to idolize him. And this was Andre Chikatilo, who is one of Russia's most notorious serial killers. He was convicted of killing 52 souls, including women and children, and he dined on parts of their bodies. I don't like that. That is concerning. We've had, we've had quite a few serial killers here that did that. I don't like it. His trial was in 1992, the first year that Alexander started killing. Good. And Andre Chikatilo was actually called the Rostov Ripper. And he is actually executed in 1994. So two years after Alexander starts his killing spree. Okay, so according to Alexander in 1992, at the age of 18, he committed his first murder. He invited his friend, in quotes, it's his, not, you don't kill your friends. So Alexander invited his friend, Mikhail Udachuk, to go kill someone with him. And Mikhail agreed. Yeah, and I think the general consensus is that he thought that Alexander was joking. Okay. So, as they walked down the street, Alexander began to point out potential victims. And Mikhail probably realized that he wasn't kidding, said that he needed to go home. Yep. But Alexander ended up hitting his friend over the head with a hammer and pushing him into a well. He was questioned in this disappearance, but nothing ever came of it. Alexander would later say, this first murder, it's like first love. It's unforgettable. Later that year, Alexander's girlfriend broke up with him and she started dating a guy named Sergei. And Alexander resolved this issue by pushing the boy out a window. And his death was ruled a suicide. He then entered a more dormant phase and would not kill again for nine years, which is a really long time. Yeah, it is. And maybe getting questioned, maybe the fear of getting caught or something kept him dormant for a while. I really don't know and couldn't find anywhere where he really explained why this happened. But he would really get to work in the early 2000s. On May 17, 2001, he invited Yegeny Pronin to play chess with him in the park. And after a couple of games... He lured him into the park for a drink under the pretense of visiting his dog's grave. What the fuck? In the next eight weeks, he would lure nine more victims into the park to their death. So we're escalating very quickly here. And this would be his MO, luring people into bits of park. He often targeted the elderly or homeless. And now he did have a dog at one point that he would walk in the park, so it's possible that his dog is buried in the park somewhere. Right. I guess. Because his dog did die, and this had a very negative effect on him when it happened. 
But he would get his victims drunk and then hit them over the head with a hammer or a pipe. And then he would throw them into a sewer pit. So it says sewer pit in some places. It says well in other places. Again, why do we have these open wells or sewers? I don't know. We did another case where a killer said that he had thrown a body into like a well on the side of the road. Remember that? So I'm not sure what this looks like. We don't have like just open drainage or wells in our parks. So I don't know what exactly that is. But if you know, let us know. Is he throwing them into like a manhole? I I don't know. It doesn't sound like a manhole, but... Now, some of them would actually be alive when he put them into the well or the sewers. And they would actually drown in there. And as time went on, he became more savage and more exposed. Yeah, he actually started leaving them out in the open. In 2005, a missing man was found with his skull smashed and a vodka bottle driven neck first into his brain. And this would become a pattern for Alexander putting vodka bottles or sticks or other things into the wounds that he created. What the fuck? I'm not sure why you need to do that. Kind of sounds like a sexual component possibly actually, but I don't know. Bitsa Park was more than 3,000 acres. It was full of lush forests and streams and was a popular cross-country location in the winter. So it's a big park. There's a lot of places. You're telling me there are people cross-country skiing through this park? Yes. Good shit. Good Mm -hmm. shit. Now, his killing did slow a bit after his initial frenzy. Although it is reported that at one point, a very drunk Alexander stumbled into a police station and announced that he had killed many people and would continue to do so as long as he was able. They figured him for a crazy drunk and sent him on his way. Cool. Nice, 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 nice. So in 2002, the body of a woman was found with a metal stake hammered into her brain. And Alexander would claim that he had done it, and that was Olga, his ex-girlfriend. Right, and she did go missing, but it's never been confirmed to be her body, and I'm not sure why. Interesting. On February 23 of 2002, he lured Maria Verecheva into the park. She was an illegal immigrant and was pregnant at the time. He offered her vodka, but she declined because of her pregnancy. He hit her over the head with a blunt object and then pushed her into a well. Satisfied that she would drown, he left. Hours later, she actually climbed out of the well and made her way to the hospital. Jesus Christ. Drag your pregnant ass out of the well after being bludgeoned. Yeah, and police came to question her. And she was able to give a detailed description of her attacker. Police asked her for her papers, and she confessed that she didn't have any. And police said that they would leave her be if she dropped the complaint, which she did. She stayed in Moscow, but avoided the park. I'm moving. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have any papers. It's probably hard for her to move anywhere. She's an illegal. Alexander continues to kill. And it really amazes me that he's able to convince this many people to join him in the woods, especially after so many people had turned up missing or been murdered in this park. 
Yeah, and they're just like, oh, this guy's nice. I mean, it just shows how probably good and manipulative he is. How? Well, do you want to know what his favorite book was? What? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, this is a self-help book. It's by Dale Carnegie and includes things like six ways to make people like you. Do you want to hear the six ways? <sighs> yeah, give them to me. It's Become be genuinely interested in other people. Smile. Remember that a person's name is, to that person, the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Not sure that when I hear my name, it's the sweetest sound I've ever heard, but that's fine. No, and I also am a person who can't remember people's names for shit, and I don't expect anybody to remember my name ever. Well, maybe you need to read this book, Maddie. Number four, be a good listener. Number five, talk in terms of the other person's interests. Number six, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. Fun fact, guess who else? is known to have read this book. Oh my God, don't tell me it's another prolific serial killer. Nope. Well, I mean, depends on how you look at it, but Charles Manson. Good. 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 I wonder how Dale Carnegie feels about these killers using his book. Almost like your book is like borderline manipulation <laughs> and all these psychopaths. But he's can't... at least saying be genuine and they're obviously not being genuine. They're faking that. But I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure your book is amazing. <laughs> so on March 10th of 2002, he would target McCoy LeBeouf, who was only 13 and not in the normal age range of his victims. But he was believed to kill a nine-year-old boy as well. So Right. So according to him or according to what authorities believe, he did kill some younger victims. Probably little boys that reminded him of himself. Or maybe just like... More crime of opportunity. Maybe he couldn't talk Either somebody way. else into get it going into the woods with One him. One of the two. Know. So he promised the boy vodka and cigarettes, and they set off into the woods. He hit the boy over the head, and just like so many other victims, pushed him into this well or sewer. And did not stick around to ensure that his victim was dead. Yeah, and unbeknownst to him... Mikhail's jacket had actually caught on a metal pipe inside the well, preventing him from falling all the way in. And he was able to climb out. He found a police officer who did not believe his story and sent him on his way. Bye. What is going on here? Sorry, this just isn't a believable story. I know, you look pretty bruised and beat up and look like you spent the night in a well, but like... No. no. I'm I'm not interested in doing paperwork today. No, it's not like we have like a shit ton of missing people in Moscow either. The boy lived in fear that Alexander would learn that he was still alive and come for him. And he decided to go with some of his friends to the metro station where he had first met Alexander and wait for him to turn up. When he did, Nikhil started screaming at a nearby police officer and pointing to Alexander. And the police officer told him to go home or be arrested. And nothing was done. Okay. Because he obviously didn't know the man's name, but he knew what he looked like. By 2003, the media was calling him the Bitsevsky Maniac, which is the full name of the park, the Bitsa Park. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Bits of Beast. Cool. On November 15th, 2003, 
Alexander's neighbor, Constantine Polycarpho, would be invited out to Bista Park to have a drink with Alexander. But after the drink, he was bludgeoned with a hammer and thrown into a well. Now, Constantine actually survived and climbed out of the well, but with his head trauma, he couldn't remember anything that happened. Can you imagine waking up in a fucking well and not knowing how you got there? Well, not only that, but he's neighbors with this guy. I know, he's going to go home. Oh my God. On November 16, 2005, he killed a former police officer named Nikola Irabov, and his body was left out in the open. And some believe that he did this to bring attention to his crimes and to get the notoriety that he craved. Because up until now, it's just missing people. Yeah. Like, there's not dead bodies turning up yet. Nicola may have been his 41st victim, but as far as the police were concerned, this was victim number one. Bodies continued to pile up. Interior Ministry actually took charge of the case, and they started interviewing and patrolling the park and even drew up a sketch of the suspect. I wonder where they got the sketch from. Maybe by this time they've realized that the other cases might be connected. Maybe. Even with all of this, they were still no closer to finding Alexander. By June of 2006, police had found 13 more bodies that had been bashed in the head with a hammer and had bottles or sticks protruding from the wounds in their head. Like, what? what is going on here? So on June 14th, 2006, Marina Muscalva agreed to go for a walk in the park with a co-worker named Alexander. Alexander. Yep. Interesting fact, Marina actually replaced a woman named Larissa who had also been murdered by Alexander. Now, Even though she had heard of the murders that occurred there, she still agreed to go to the park. And she did leave a note for her son saying that she was going on a walk with Alexander along with his phone number. And I'm guessing this is because she felt a little uneasy. Maybe? Then don't go with him. Her son returned home to the flat and found the note. When his mother didn't return... He turned on the news and heard reports of a woman's body being found in Bitsa Park. He called Alexander's number, and Alexander claimed that he hadn't seen Marina in months and said that he didn't have time to talk to a kid and hung up on him. The boy then called the police. Now, this was only eight months after police discovered the first body in the park. So this has been going on for eight months. Now, police actually found a metro ticket in Marina's pocket, and when police checked security footage, they could clearly see the pair walking across the metro train station. Alexander was arrested on June 15 of 2006, and he denied having anything to do with the murder. So police lacked evidence to convict him, but he actually said that he would confess if he was allowed to do it on live television. Oh my God, I can't. So they set up a fake press conference and convinced him that it was real. This footage has since been released by police. And I did watch some of it, but it's all in Russian, so it's it's disturbing either way. But yeah, we can't play any of it for you guys because it's in Russian. <laughs> okay, but... What he said is, for me, a life without murder is like a life without food for you. He showed no remorse. 
He also argued about the number of the murders that he was being charged with, saying, I thought it would be unfair to forget about the other 11 people. Because remember, he is claiming that he killed more than they are able to charge him with because they don't have evidence, yeah, bodies or anything. Which is interesting because they're able to connect him to a bunch based on his confession. But I think they wanted actual, like, more proof in order to connect all of the murders to him. Or maybe they did it just to piss him off. I think they did it just to piss him off. I bet you one guy was like, this guy's full of himself. You know what would be really funny if we took some of his murders away from him? Now, police actually had him go back to the park and reenact more than two dozen of his crimes. And they did this using dummies. I don't like it. I watched the video from it. I find it very disturbing. I don't know why they needed to actually go do this in the park, but I find it very disturbing. And big surprise, during his trial, the courtroom was packed every day. And he was actually kept in a glass cage for his own safety. And there are a ton of pictures of him in this glass cage. He was convicted on October 24 of 2007, and the jury only deliberated for three hours before finding him guilty of 48 counts of murder and three counts of attempted murder. He was sentenced to life in a remote prison in the Ural Mountains, where his first 15 years would be served in solitary confinement. I don't know why, but I really like that. Good ship. When they say the Ural Mountains, I think of, like, the prisons from, like, Avatar and Legends oh. of Korra, where they're, like, these huge prisons, and they're, like, designed in these mountains to, like, stop these people who can, like... I think like, of the, the one case that we did that was in the Ural Mountains, where all the, the Dyatlov Pass. Russia got some weird stuff going on up there. I know. <laughs> Now, there's a prison up there? Yeah. In the Those Ural hikers Mountains. ran into the prison. That's why they were killed. <laughs> so if you remember the Dyatlov Pass episode that we did, it, it was like a few episodes. Um, that was in the Ural Mountains. So Interesting. disturbing. Yeah. Now, even in solitary confinement in 2009, he would start getting letters from a woman that he had never met. Of course, they always do. And her name was Natalia. She was 29, and she worked at a children's shop in Siberia. Mm, good. Cool. She had first seen Alexander on TV and said that it was love at first sight. And after two years of communicating, the couple got engaged, and she actually calls herself Natalia Pachinski. She also has his likeness tattooed on her arm, like his face. What is wrong with people? She claims that prison authorities have blocked communication between the two. He said. Now, now, he actually said in an interview that maybe if he were free, he would not have paid any attention to her. But that she is ideal for him. I've been here since 2008 and I need her. So basically he's saying, well, if I was free, she wouldn't be the girl for me. But since I'm stuck here in prison. Thank God. I wonder how she felt about that interview, actually. Also, he wasn't the only murderer that she wrote to. Another thing that he said during an interview was that he would wait for an hour before killing his victims because it was interesting to talk to those destined to die. Okay. And Russia actually considered reinstating the death penalty because of him. (laughs) 
imagine you're so fucked up in the head that your entire country debates on bringing back the death penalty for you. I know, you. right? <laughs> that's like, how that's you know intense. you're a bad guy. That's, that's intense. How you know. Now, on the Criminal Minds fandom site, they actually say that the season seven episode called True Genius is based on this killer. And it's the episode where the guy, they he copies the Zodiac killer and he's obsessed with him. And he also is a really good chess player. Do you remember that episode? He gets his friend like involved. Like they kill somebody when they're really young and then later yeah. on he kills yeah. a bunch of people. Yeah, he's like super duped. He's like super mm-hmm. smart. And in that episode, he's copying the Zodiac killer, but he also is like a crazy chess player and stuff. So they, they say it's based off of that, this killer. Oh, another fun quote for him is, in all cases, I killed for only one reason. I killed in order to live. Because when you kill, you want to live. I felt like the father of all of these people since it was I who opened the door for them to another world. Ugh. Good. Now, what is all this? this is stuff he said. So a Russian tabloid... Tiva Den, I don't know if that's how you say it, did an exclusive interview with him. And they asked for his opinion on certain things. So on incarceration, he said, when I was brought to prison, I was not in a good mood. Now it's gotten better. I have completely adapted. They have ideal water here. Okay. It's so hot. I even have to dilute it with cold water. For all the time that I have been here, my hair was cut only once. Do you know how much time they give me to take a shower? Five whole minutes. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm not sure. Is he being sarcastic? Is he saying those are actually good things or bad things? I can't I tell. Know. I don't know. Okay. So his opinion on human life is human life is not too long. It is cheaper than a sausage. My lawyer... I would cut him open like a fish. Good. I would have killed him like an insect. And I would receive much pleasure from the process. I would cut him open and make belts out of his flesh. Oh my God. But as for remembering anyone I killed, who and when and where, that I do not remember. I do not care to remember. I, I feel like he's just rambling that's what i'm saying i feel like they asked him these questions and this is just to show how like yeah on religion and politics he said i was baptized when i was three months old the baptism took place but i did not want it how do you know you were three months old i do not think that someone is there i can only say that i will not either read the bible or write an autobiography I have never prayed to Wait, God. Wait, is he comparing himself to God right now? I don't know. Is he comparing himself to Jesus? I have never prayed to God, never will. This is a beautiful fairy tale for the weak, for those who sacrifice themselves to the state, like In, Russian government. Yeah. Men as they age increasingly dream that someone is there who is all powerful. Well, what is it? As for voting, in all of my 33 years, I have never missed a chance to vote. Okay. Dude. So, on dreams, I have nightmares. A dog, 
It lived with me a long time. Yeah, and remember, he lured his victims into the park to mourn his dead dog's grave. So... She died. It was my fault. I treated it. How to say, not very. She could have been saved. It was a bad situation. It left something in my subconscious. Which, if you think about it, he did have, like, that dead space where he didn't kill anyone for a while. One and then he accidentally killed his dog. It doesn't sound like he was very nice to his dog, so... On literature, he said, of course I don't write. Only diff key, which is Russian slang for girls, write. Journalist, too, I suppose. <laughs> his journalist... The journalist is probably literally, like, writing stuff down as he's talking, and he's like, only girls write. And then he's like, oh, and journalist, too, I suppose. <laughs> On friendship, he wrote, first of all, what is a friend? This is not someone who gives you 100 rubles or lets you stay over for a night. And secondary, my principal, to the grave, and that's it. Yes, I received more pleasure from killing people whom I knew personally. But I also found a way to get to strangers, and that is not easy. Their relatives said that they would never go somewhere with a stranger. But to me, they are flying. Despite the differences in age, a youngster... I was leaving the police office, and I knew that everywhere was an ambush, but I remained free. Then I spit and got caught. <laughs> okay. So I think he's talking about the boy who went to the police, maybe. Yeah, I and think so, too. And he didn't get caught, but he was expecting to get caught. Okay, so on forgiveness. No, I do not regret it. So much strength and time spent. I do not repent. This is, again, a dull formality. It will not change my sentence. Since I was young, I dreamed everything was different back then, and it all turned out the way I wanted it to. I knew they had nailed me when they started pressing me about 12 victims. Then they were all surprised when I actually killed 60. Okay, so apparently he does not feel bad for his crimes. On sports, he said, I have never watched football. No football, no hockey. Okay. On travel, he said, I would like to live in Mexico. First, it is warm there. And secondary, there are forests. Maybe there, I could live in a different way. If I was there. After the reporter told Pachinski that Mexico doesn't have forests, <laughs> he replied, Do you want to tell me there's no jungle? Like Freddy Krueger said, Elm Street exists in every city. So basically he says he wants to go to Mexico because of the forest. And the reporter is like, there's no forest there. And he's like, are you telling me there's no jungles? Like Freddy Krueger said, Elm Street is in every city. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. That is basically the story of the chessboard killer, which... Is just bananas. I can't even handle it. This guy is out of his bloody mind. He's losing it. He's He's got to be just out of his mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Sorry That's this that. was kind of a dark one. Yeah. Uh, Mexico does not have forests. And <laughs> um, the chessboard has 64 spaces. That is your take back from this episode. Yeah. No kidding. Um, Don't take anything back with you. Just leave it all leave it here. All there. Only yeah, take the 64 it. squares in a chessboard. And Mexico doesn't have forests. And Mexico doesn't have forests. 
Um, if you want to hear more about what we think of this guy, uh, we're going to click over to Bunker Talk and talk about it there. So thanks for tuning in, you guys, and we will see you next week. Thank you.